Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and well-rested on the other end, Patrick Anderson. (laughs) How's it going? Well, feels good. That's good. That's good. Uh, You know, we won't get too much into it, but we did have a delay in getting this podcast out. Uh, One of us slept maybe a little too long, but, but that's okay. That's all right. It was an un- understandable and necessary delay. That's right. Whoever it was that that <laughs> slept too late, you know, yeah. that's that's okay. <laughs> that's... Yeah, use your context clues. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know why this person slept too long is because um, they were hard at work getting their list ready of the top ten songs of 2019. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's completely true. That's right. So. Uh, <laughs> So how how we're going to do it is, um, first of all, we're going to make a playlist of our picks. We're going to have a Spotify playlist and an Apple Music playlist. Um, so mm-hmm. if you follow us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, under the scope on Facebook, and then just our private Twitter accounts, at Will Brost and at um, Patrick Anderson on Twitter, uh, we will give our playlist there. We We call this the top 10 songs of 2019, but in truth... Each of us is going to pick like 15 songs. We're just going to breeze through the first five, you know, just quick mentions of the first five. Um, and then we'll begin alternating our picks uh, of our top 10. Um, and uh, I'm I'm really excited for this. I, I really like a rule that you suggested, which is um, one song per artist. Uh, I, I really I really like that rule. Um, nice. Yeah. 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 I think I think it's a good way to do it. it you know, because I was looking uh the wise blood album titanic rising has 10 songs so that could have been a really right. boring list otherwise um, right yeah so so i'm glad we have this uh this rule here um yeah any any thoughts before we uh we get into this list here super excited for this this is one of my uh yes. favorite favorite things to do cuz i love making the playlist too cuz it's a great way to like recap the year and you just have a really cool playlist otherwise. Well said. I, I agree. And I like um, doing a songs list because there are so many choices. Like even on albums yeah. that both of us love, we might have different picks, but from the same album. Um, so it'll be yeah. be interesting to see how that unfolds. It's a hard it's a hard list to do, especially uh, this year when that with us doing one song per artist. It's a hard one to sift through and pick just the right one that you think is the best absolutely no good good point um and with that let's get into it um i guess i will start with my honorable mentions and then shift it over to you for yours um and do our top 10 after that so my number 15 is the uh the really emotional stunning piano ballad uh cellophane by fka twigs um Mm. at number 14 i put uh the the hypnotic smooth mad gibbs freddie gibbs collaboration or mad lib freddie gibbs collaboration crime pace um my number 13 is the uh the colorful relaxing sexy song paradise uh from british pop artist nilu friyanya um my number 12 is the uh the punk inspired hip-hop song doorman from British rapper Slow Tie. Um, and my number 11 is 
is BM, BM, BM from Black Midi. Um, just nice. an experimental rock song that loses itself as it goes, uh, and it ends up with this mosh pit worthy jam at the end. Um, so yeah, those are my, those are my honorable mentions. Nice. Great picks for honorable mentions. Yeah. Thank you. Um, mine. So, uh, mine starting out at 15 is a little bit of an unexpected pick, but I really like it. The very sad, but very, uh, wholesome song. No halo from Brockhampton. Hmm. Um, great intro track. Number 14 is from repeat artist Nilufer Yanya. Um, this track, the in your head, nice. very anthemic horn heavy song. Uh, 13 is the title track from F- FKA twigs, Mary Magdalene. Mm. Well, I guess it's not that title track, but it's yeah. a title referencing track at least. Um, number 12 is a uh, civil servant from Richard yes. Dawson. Nice. Super interesting instrumentation and really cool melody to it. And then uh, number 11 is Lark by Angel Olsen. Very nice. Good choices. Um, and yeah, we're already getting into our, uh, you know, we might have the same artist on here, but different different song selections. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, nice. And without further ado, our top 10 songs. This is the big one. Yeah, of 2019. This was uh this was very tough and uh the more I look at my list, you know, I can't decide if I have more confidence in my list or like less confidence in my <laughs> list the more I kind of study it. Yeah. Um but, but I think I I think I landed on a solid 10 here. So uh yeah, my number 10 <clears throat> Excuse me is uh Can't Believe the Way We Flow by James Blake. Mm. Yeah. So the entire album assume form is like this album focused on his love of and i guess his relationship with uh, jamila jamil um and this is probably the lovey doveyest song on the entire record uh james blake actually kind of went into detail about this uh, here's a quote from him he says it's a pure love song really it's just about the ease of coexisting that i feel with my girlfriend uh, it's fairly simple in its message and its delivery. Uh, romance is a very commercialized subject, but sometimes it can be just a peaceful moment of ease and something even mundane. Just the flow between days and somebody making it feel like the days are just going by, and that's a great thing. Um, so I, I particularly like that explanation. Uh, this is a pretty simple, straightforward love song, but, you know, in classic James Blake fashion, um, the vocals are beautiful. Uh, I particularly like the uh, the psychedelic backing vocals on this song. Um, it's just absolutely like sonic bliss, um, and it's uh, my favorite song from uh, from Assume Form, which is an album that I particularly like. I know maybe we disagreed a little bit on the album, but uh, I think you liked this song as well. Yeah, I do like that song. That's uh, that's a great pick. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so that's a, nice. Yeah, that would that would probably be one of the songs that I would pull out from it. Like, I don't have much about that album that I'm like super stellar about, but that's a good pick. I like that. All right, all right. So yeah, that's that's my number ten. Nice. Okay, my number ten is um, from an artist that we talked about a little bit on this album, but I really, really love her style and what she's done 
this year, uh, Jessica Pratt, mm. this time around. Mm. Um, so this song is a very, very stripped down, slow, almost like fairy tale sounding um, track. Her voice is very ethereal, kind of like elfish in a way, if mm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Very breathy. Um, but it's just like the the quiet lyricism, the very subtle production. Everything about this seems magical. Um, I can't get enough of it because it just feels so cozy in a way, but also very, um, very intelligent and very smartly crafted. Um, it's not safe at all. But it's still it feels uh, like you're in a safe space if that's if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the feeling on this track is uh, some of the most satisfying feelings that I've had with a track all year. Um, it doesn't really lead anywhere beyond that, but it's just like being in that space is so nice and so cozy. Um, so yeah, I got to hand it to Jessica Pratt; she kicked ass with with that. So that's yeah, that's my number ten. That's a good one. I think um, uh, "Poly Blue" might be my choice from that album, um, oh, but it's a, it's a very consistent record. Um, so yeah, no a shout out to Jessica Pratt. I haven't seen her on a ton of year end lists, which is a uh, kind of a shame. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. My number nine. Um, I expect this artist to make your list as well. Uh, we've got the title track from Ghost Teen, the uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds album. Um, nice. so according to Nick Cave, um, this song is about a baby bear heading toward the moon in a boat, um, with the boat headed toward like a paradise or a heaven or something like that. And obviously it's, you know, more symbolic. I can't help but draw parallels to real life tragedy. Um, a few years ago, Nick Cave's 15-year-old son, Arthur, uh, fell from a cliff to his death. I mean, just uh, absolutely, like, dreadful and, and a heartbreaking situation. Um, and throughout the album, you get Nick Cave's um, emotion and pain. You can hear it in his vocal delivery. Um, I mean, some of these lyrics, it, it's just... I, I pulled out a sample here. Um he says, the three bears watch the TV. They age a lifetime, oh Lord. Mama bear holds the remote. Papa bear, he just floats. And baby bear, he has gone to the moon in a boat. Um, it, it's a really like haunting song, but a yeah. beautiful one at that. Um, it's, it's a 12-minute song, which isn't the longest on the album, but it's pretty close. Um, it has a, an instrumental intro. It has a, a, a peaceful outro. Um, but to me, the, the standout section is the uh, the bridge, which just gives me chills. Um, it surrounds Nick Cave's vocals with, like, pianos and strings and backing vocals. It, it ends up being this really gorgeous moment. Um, it's just, that alone makes it one of my favorite songs of the year. And then um, the ambience surrounding that part on either end uh, is just icing on top. Um, really just a powerful song, a uh, great album. And, uh, that was the standout song to me. Nice. Yeah. Like that pick a lot. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, cool. Nice. My, uh, my number nine is from a welcome 
uh, a, a welcome return to form from this band and just a great song uncomfortably numb mm. by American football mm-hmm. um, featuring Haley Williams which was a shocker because mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I like I don't know I actually I don't know I can't say that I like Paramore I haven't really ever gotten into them but I didn't expect her to deliver such a such a good feature on this really emotional and really like nice um complimentary vocal delivery as well um the song is a really catchy song and it's uh got a really one of the catchiest guitar riffs that i've heard from american football i guess since like never met or something (laughs) um I can't. I can't talk about never met without just laughing because of how <laughs> memed it is now. <laughs> um, since never met sixty four. Um, <laughs> anyway, but this song is um, uncomfortably dumb. Really catchy song. Really great uh, chorus work. Like first chorus work. It's very smooth, but it's also got a lot of pretty dark, sad lyricism. Basically, just about like you know growing up and just how challenging that can be finding out that you're you know turning into a part of your or turning into a vi- version of yourself that you didn't think you would at one point and now you are like talking about drinking too much talking about becoming your you know like blaming things on other people like your father blah 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 um and basically just a adult onset depression Hmm. um so it it, but it's just a very concisely written really smooth track that um i just keep coming had just kept coming back to all year long um yeah i I think it's great so that's it and i love the title too because it's kind of a a little bit of a reference to you know famous pink floyd song comfortably numb which is about heroin addiction Hmm. and this one is uh about uh depression and i think that's a cool little tie-in because they're both really messed up topics but uh they both kind of feel in the same area so yeah yeah and the the chorus i guess directly references it too right it's like i have become uncomfortably numb um right yeah so that's uh that's a very good pick uh didn't quite make mine but maybe if we did a top 20 songs maybe it would so uh yeah that's just a great a great single there um it feels so weird talking about like this one after ghost teen but um my number eight is uh jpeg mafia with jesus forgive me i am a thought <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah jesus very, very stark transition <laughs> that's just how the list shook out you know um <laughs> yeah jesus forgive me i am a thought uh was the lead single from his new album, um, All My Heroes Are Cornballs. Um, I could tell, like, when I, I listened to this, I guess, before the album came out, and um, I could tell when I listened to it that we were going to get something different from his last album, Veteran. Um, but that said, you know, this song still has a lot of what I enjoy about, or have enjoyed about his music in the past. Um, the lyricism is great. Uh, it's centered around this kind of prayer theme. He says, you know, uh, pray you get comfy in your disguise. Pray for my thoughts on the other side. Um, 
and he has like a lot of his trademark dark humor on this song as well uh it's kind of <laughs> kind of hard to explain but when you hear it you know he's you know he's just trying to be maybe a little edgy or tongue-in-cheek with some of the things he says um but uh yeah the the production is different from past jpeg mafia it's a little more serene and melodic this time around um but it does have like moments of glitch and abrasion mixed in as well uh you know something something i love about jpeg mafia um in general is that he he always gives it like a hundred percent like he always like sh like showcases his personality his personality always shines through his music uh whether he's you know singing on this song or rapping aggressively or rapping like normally he he exhibits like a lot of charisma um i i don't have much more to say other than just it, it's a great single um and i mean yeah shout out to shout out to peggy for continuing to kind of change himself and become this like stylistic chameleon that can do pretty much anything in experimental hip-hop and get away with it so yeah nice spectacular i love that jesus forgive me i'm a thought the eighth best song <laughs> of 2019 <laughs> <laughs> to be expected that's right that's right <laughs> um cool Mine is uh, not quite that level of uh, absurdity, but uh, my number eight is from Halado Negro. Nice. With uh, the song "Running," um, it's a uh, it's it's a really really serene instrumental on this track, um, and that is like the biggest standout on this. The lyrics are are nice. They they just repeat themselves on basically this idea of just like um remembering somebody um like their memory fading away but that you still feeling them in your life in various ways and stuff and um how it affects you know how it affects your your daily your daily perception of things um simple concept it works really well but the best part of this is just this like very subtle um instrumentation that just like pervades the whole thing and causes it to like really be kind of thoughtful and quiet and um a little chilling in a way too um it's really fascinating and it's kind of funny because like i you know reading up on this pitchfork did an interview with a lot of negro on like breaking down every song and he was just like, yeah, that was an instrumental for the long for a long time. And then at the very end, I threw in the lyrics because I figured that was the easy shit. <laughs> so which I think is kind of funny, but it stands to like how great of an instrumental this is and, um, you know, how effective the mood of the song really is. So, um, yeah, love, love this track a lot. And I haven't I don't know if I've seen a lot of love for Halal Negro on year end list, so I'm happy to to rep him. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Pitchfork, and that's about it. I haven't seen Halal Negro on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right, my number seven. Um, let's see. Where's my Where's my list here? Oh, there it is. Okay. My, my number seven, <laughs> my number seven, yeah, is um, 
is uh, the title track from uh, Angel Olsen's All Mirrors is my number seven. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I guess Lark was your standout choice. Uh, that's a great one. I considered putting um, Chance on here as well. Ultimately. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you meant Chance for like Chance the Rapper for a second. <laughs> no, I considered the song Chance by Angel Olsen in this spot. I did not <laughs> yeah, consider right. whatever my favorite song from the Chance album. Right. That, that, <laughs> right, that didn't yeah. quite make the cut. Uh, maybe if we did top 100 or so, maybe. But it, one, <laughs> one per artist. <laughs> um, so yeah, Angel Olsen, All Mirrors. Um, I love maximalist pop music. Uh, I'm a sucker for strings. Everyone knows that by now. I love big instrumentation on pop songs. I guess just like on songs in general, I suppose. Um, but I've been really getting into like chamber pop and baroque pop, all this different pop lately. Um, this song, though it becomes maximal, it begins minimally with just this like simple bass line that's, you know, it's simple, but it's effective. Um, but as the song progresses, it um, it expands and it grows uh, until it becomes just a total jam at the end of the song. Kind of reminds me of uh, Miki Dora by Amen Dunes, which made my list last mm. year. Uh, love that song, uh, and I get similar vibes on this track. Um, this it, What I like about the song, too, is uh, it's a new direction for Angel Olsen, like this synth-heavy style. Um but she already sounds like completely comfortable with this style, in my opinion. Uh, her voice sounds great here as well. I love the uh, the passion behind it. Um, this song is like, it's less than five minutes, but it feels bigger than that. It, it kind of has this epic feel to it uh, that I can't quite describe. Uh, it's just one of those songs that's totally effective on all fronts. It's, uh, you know, all killer. So yeah, All Mirrors, Angel Olsen. Um, sorry, Chance, but maybe maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured. Like I caught it like like after a second, but you said I figured. I thought about Chance, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I rank a Chance song from that album ahead of Ghost Teen, I think I would just like lose podcast privileges for the rest of my life. <laughs> Yeah, but that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's my number seven. Nice, I like that a lot. Um, cool. So my sorry, the chance thing. My number <laughs> seven is uh, chance. No, I'm just kidding. It is uh, the national mm. with Rylan. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, this song is the clear standout for me. I think um, there's a, a couple of other songs that are really nice and uh, pretty and very well written, but this song is just um, on par with like some of their best works, like best standout tracks like Blood Buzz Ohio and you know Day I Die and things like that. Um, it's just a really like intense, um, like growing indie rock uh ball- ballad not really but like mm-hmm. uh like it just like a, a consistently growing track that ends up at a, a, a larger place than you started out at and i you know always love that mm-hmm. but um the instrumentation is very deliberate 
the production is really nice. The drum pattern on there is super catchy and super engaging. And uh, the chorus work uh, is really, really fantastic. Um, love the vocals from Matt Berenger on here. Love the vocals from uh, Kate Stables on here too. Mm-hmm. It really like complements. Uh, it really complements Matt Berenger's too. Uh, it's a really fun track, but it's also got a lot of really interesting lyricism that you know could be taught could be uh taken in a way of like oh you know it's just kind of like these kids these days or whatever but it's really well thought out and it's really kind of uh this is something the national is really good at it's kind of writing about human condition in a in a bit of a simplistic way but one that's very effective and one of the uh lines that i you know find really effective on this is like in the outro it's like uh rylan you should try to get some sun there's a little bit of hell in everyone so rylan basically just refers to everybody right it's just a blanket term Mm -hmm. but the little bit of hell in everyone is allegedly and i think this is a really good way to look at it um kind of referencing to sarger's line or the his line of hell is other people is mm. from you know mm-hmm. yeah from his existential writings mm-hmm. i think that's a really cool reference to that and then basically it's just saying like get out of your space for a little bit just like really reconnect with yourself and uh, your perception of the world around you and don't take so much influence from other people these are a really effective way to say that um, and the rest of the lyricism on here, I think, is some of the best on the album. So, uh, mm-hmm. really cool track. Love this one from the National. That's a that's a great one. I, I'm a huge fan as well. Um, you didn't think we'd be talking Sartre on this podcast, but I guess if we were going to, <laughs> like, it makes sense with a with a National, you know. Yeah. Kind of, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think so either. But then, well, I saw that and I was like, yeah, fucking of course, that's the <laughs> that's the reference. <laughs> yeah it's like, like this national song reminds me of a philosopher it's like oh do tell like of course you know yeah. it's just it's it's a match made in heaven um so yeah that's that's a great pick love that song as well um my number six is uh spider hole from billy woods and kenny siegel um Ooh, yeah nice. so billy woods is one of my favorite rappers all time um this is a song from hiding places uh, which is an appropriately titled album um, because much of the lyricism on this record is very like reclusive and isolationist. Um, it's a it's kind of a personal album for Billy Woods, who generally has a reputation of being abstract, coded, maybe a little hard to decipher. Um, but this is some of his most direct lyricism yet. Um, and on this song, he kind of describes his antisocial nature. Um, you know, one of the lines that stands out to me, he says, it's just me and the spider hole, and that's the best part. Um, even the, the chorus, which is supposed to kind of like hook you in to a song, it, it's completely antisocial. He says, uh, no man of the people, I wouldn't be caught dead with most of y'all. Don't call me again is what I should have said when he called. It's He kind of sounds like this grumpy hermit throughout the song but it's 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 not like unjustified because 
on this song and on like throughout the album he explains the different things that make him as negative as he is like his environment and his circumstances his experiences um and by the end of the album you're kind of like yeah i i feel billy woods you know like i i really get why he views the world a certain way um i i always love hearing his perspective um i guess partially because he's just one of the best poets i've ever heard in hip-hop um and his like he had like the poetry kind of gets coupled with this spoken word flow and demanding voice um, that really help with his storytelling. Um, I guess I haven't talked about Kenny Siegel yet. Like his production is great on this song. Mm. It's mm-hmm. it's like droopy, I guess, um, but it's also haunting and, and eerie. And the beat changes up throughout the song as well, which I like. Not like a beat switch, um, but it's like different variations of the same notes. Um, so yeah, this album, uh, contains some of my favorite production of the year, some of my favorite lyrics of the year and uh, spider hole is a good example of that. So, uh, it might be a little jarring. We are going to put this song on a playlist. Um, but you know, it might not be for everybody, but I, I love this song. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great pick. Love it. Yeah. There were, again, there were a couple of others that I considered like Red Dust or A Day and a Week and a Year, um, SpongeBob yeah. even. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. A great, great album. Nice. That's awesome. Um, my number six, we're continuing in with the uh, indie rock trend right now. Yes. Nice. Um, but from one of the uh, most celebrated indie rock albums this year, with uh, Wise Blood mm. with Andromeda. Mm. Um, yeah, I know that, uh, you know, I might, I would be surprised if I don't hear something from you about Wise Blood on this list, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that to, to your turn. Well, I don't know. We'll this see. one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, this is, uh, there's a lot of really good tracks, like you said earlier, on uh titanic rising but this one i think is the most resonant one for me i think it's a a pick that most people would probably have too it's just like the chorus is just serene and beautiful the verses are really well constructed everything just feels so great with the production all the strings and um just uh uh, wise blood's voice too is just like (laughs) like so angelic and ethereal just everything just feels wonderful with this uh with like the production side and the instrumental side the aesthetics of this track right Mm -hmm. um but the lyricism on here is some of the best on the album because it's essentially like from what i'm gather is essentially like a search for god and a search for just basically just meaning in either love or your own personal life or just like your hopes and dreams like what those even mean it's a very searching song and it's like a very frustrated song uh like the 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 first chorus is like stop calling it's time to let me be like that you know it, it and that's like referencing to either her own anxieties or to an actual person because it sounds like she could actually be referencing like a person too. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, or just even her hopes in the existence of God or something. It's a really like interesting track because it's it seems like it's written in a way that's like pretty straightforward, but there's a lot that you can pick out and be like, you know, you can experiment a little bit with it. I like doing that to a certain extent too. I like tracks that kind of let me uh, find some sort of conceptual element to it that may not necessarily be there, but you know, that's an artistic something if your track can do that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, this is just a really fascinating uh, song is very catchy as well, which is, you know, if you can, if you can pique my curiosity with, um, some sort of existential <laughs> lyricism <laughs> and it's catchy, I mean, it's a home run. <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got to say. Yeah. Great track. Number six. Well said, well said. Great pick too. I mean, I, I love that song. Andromeda is, uh, I think you're right. I think it's kind of like the, maybe most popular choice for a best song from that album. Um, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a great one. Um, we're at the top five, Patrick top five, top five. Yeah. And, uh, what a five I have best here. Best of the bunch. That's right. That's right. So, uh, my number five, I'm going, I'm going more hip hop here. I'm going, uh, Denzel Curry with Ricky. So this was, nice. this was a great year for Denzel Curry. Like I could have put, um, Psycho on this list, uh, which is a collaboration he did with Slow Tie. Uh, I could have put his feature from the Flying Lotus album on here, and I almost did. Um, and I, I debated whether or not I wanted to include the Bulls on Parade cover. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not really in the spirit of this list, but it's like an incredible Rage Against the Machine cover that totally yeah. does the band justice. Um, even the most basically just go hard. check that out if yeah if you have it yeah. yeah go listen to the like a version Denzel Curry Bulls on Parade even like the biggest Rage fans are like yeah this is great so um but ultimately I went with the lead single from uh, Zoo which is one of my favorite records of the year um this is you know I feel like every year I have like one song that is just the in your face rap banger of the year and that's this one um. Denzel, uh, he can do a lot of different styles well, but he seems at his most comfortable, I guess, when he's rapping aggressively over like loud production. Um, it's it's a pretty catchy song, you know. I I love the beat, I love the chopped and screwed vocals. Um, it, it's kind of a nice southern hip hop touch on a record that is full of homage to southern hip hop. Uh, I love Denzel's energy on this song, as expected. Uh, Zoo is a bit of a, like, a nostalgic album in a way, um, given that it musically pays homage to the Miami hip-hop scene of, I guess, like, the late 90s and uh, even before that, um, like, Trick Daddy, Plies, uh, Trina, maybe even some, like, Two Live Crew, a little bit of that. Um, and this is a nostalgic song lyrically, uh, because it focuses on like Denzel's childhood and the lessons he learned from his parents over the years. Like the chorus is essentially just my mom said this and my dad said this, like it's him recalling the, the lessons he's learned that has helped him kind of get to become the person he is today. 
Um, it's a it's just a really fun song that has like some personality to it. Just go listen to it. Uh, pull up two tabs on YouTube right now. One of them, Denzel Curry, mm-hmm. Ricky. The other, Denzel Curry, Bulls on Parade. Just listen to both. Um, yeah, he's a good year. Uh, I look forward to seeing what he does next. Um, he's one of the most, I guess, exciting young rappers right now. So, yeah. That's a great pick. He uh, he went in and out of my list of, like, honorable mention, mm. like, kind of in and out uh, of there. I love that. I love that pick a lot thank that, you that album is just full of just banger after banger so. right i could have picked, like most of the best rap bangers this year were yeah. on that album you know there, there were so many good ones yeah carol mart was one that i was like yeah that i was uh i was throwing in and out of there but absolutely that's a great one nice pick thank you cool my top five we're starting it off so to kick off the top five on my list is um one of the most exciting and kind of hilarious tracks <laughs> that I've heard this year. Um, Pop with oh. See You at Your Funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a really cool, like, bordering on the edge of punk. I, would, I, I guess I would call it punk rock. It's not like super, you know edgy punk or anything like, like that but yeah, pop punk maybe i don't know but uh, yeah, yeah yeah that's a good that's a good pop punk is it, it kind of borders within those uh areas mm-hmm. um and this uh this song especially is the standout track from it because it's just a spectacular chorus so much fun um uh, like really anthemic really heavy instrumentation there's an absolute blast to listen to, but the lyrics on here are like, um, basically about like, he's gone through a rough breakup and he's just talking about how like he's recovering from it, but they're like kind of hilarious cause it's mostly normal stuff, but he gets so petty on, <laughs> on this, uh, on this track. And he's basically just like, so he's still like super insecure but he, it's very cathartic listening to the track because you can hear him basically making fun of himself um, in a way, like while while he's singing through this. Um, so it's a really like cool way to connect with it because he's basically asking like, "Oh, what do you think when you saw me in the produce section? I was ma- I was uh, getting like really healthy food and stuff. Like I'm doing good, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like stupid stuff like that." And then, like, the best part of this is uh, towards the end because he's, like, you know, getting all this stuff off his chest. And then he goes right back into the pettiness, like, (laughs) by basically saying at this bridge, I hope somehow I never see you again. And if I do, it's at your funeral or better yet. I hope the world explodes. I hope that we all die. We can watch the highlights in hell. I hope they're televised. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, and then it goes through the last chorus. Um, it's just a super, like, it's it's not, like, objectively a very healthy way to deal with <laughs> right. your, you know, a long-term relationship or any, you know, relationship with a person at all. But I think that the point of it is, like, he kind of gets that and he's just getting all of it out there. And it's a very cathartic listen. It's a super, super catchy instrumental really fun it's just a super fun but like also very uh 
um, connective experience, um, especially for people that may need something, some sort of lighthearted, but like kind of true aspect to, you know, this kind of hard thing to go through. So yeah, love this song. Very, Number five. Very good. Um, I should have I should have just listened to that album. I heard a couple songs from it, and for whatever reason, I never listened to the full thing. So, um, definitely. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's been one of the more polarizing albums of the year. I I would say people either love it or they're like, eh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that that sounds right because I've seen it on some year in lists, but then other people have just not talked about the album at all. So I don't know. Maybe there's some of that too. Um, yeah, Pup uh, f- from Morbid Stuff, right, is the name of the album? Yeah. Yeah, Pup, see you at your funeral from the album Morbid Stuff. Gotcha. Okay. All right, number four. I'm going with another banger. Um, it, it's kind of a It's kind of a weird pick, not necessarily the artist, but I think maybe the song might be a little little odd here. Uh, I went with the intro track from the Charlie XCX record, uh, Next Level Charlie. Um so she has described this song as the perfect album opener and i kind of have to agree in a sense like this is a an album opening type of song it's not overly structured or anything it's it's pretty loose it's essentially it's really hard to say that there's a verse to it it's like the same chorus repeated you know uh like, I guess, four different choruses that are just repeated a couple of times, and then that's the end of the song. Um, but it, it's because that she she wanted to make this song an anthem, according to an interview. And um, this song, I think, certainly is anthemic. It's, it's a song about youth. It's about having fun. It's about, you know, going hard, uh, never looking back. It kind of takes me back to a time when I was, like, younger, and, you know, I felt indestructible and immortal uh it takes me back to like freshman year of college you know um mm. now in my my old age of 27 i i look fondly <laughs> at those years um i think a, a fan asked her on twitter like what song from her new album she was most excited to play or to perform i guess and this was her answer um and i think that says a lot about the energy and the vibe of this song uh, this was like my go-to song if I was on my way to like a night out. This was like a, a pre-game song, uh, maybe even a gym song, riding around with the windows down type of song. Um, it's just, it's catchier than hell. I love the synth lead on it. I love the vocal modulation especially. It hooked me into this album immediately. And I love when the like percussion kicks in uh, about a minute in. Um part of the purpose of an album opener is to like, I guess, capture the attention of, you know, listeners. And, uh, this song certainly did that for me. So, you know, maybe it's not the like traditional, you know, it doesn't have the traditional elements of like a great pop song. You know, there isn't like a verse chorus verse thing happening here. Um, there are plenty of great examples of that on this album too, uh, like gone. But uh, I don't know. This was the one I kept playing the most. It's one of my most played songs of the year. And um, I would just get hype every time I hear that synth come in. So, uh, yeah, Charlie XCX. I, I get Charlie XCX now, which is like a, a huge discovery yeah. of 2019. So Yeah, that's awesome. I love that pick. That's, that's great. Yeah, she, she is uh, 
she definitely like out of the blue just came in and was like, yeah, this is why you should be looking at me right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, my number four is kind of also a banger. Nice. Um, in a, in a little bit of a different way, but, uh, it is Tyler, the creator. Nice. With new magic wand. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love the concept on Igor, um, basically of just like, it's all this twisted character that is just given into insecurities and it's just become like essentially a horrible person. Mm. Um, just, you know, fear based, just not thinking, just doing things just because they're like freaked out of being alone or whatever. This song like really embodies that concept, I think, the best on uh, on the album, and uh, because it's basically it's essentially a song about he is talking to this person about like wanting to kill their girlfriend because he wants to have a hundred percent of their time. He doesn't want to share them. He wants their time. He's like, I, like I will take care of this as long as we can be together. Kind of, um, which is really fucked up. Right. Um, but it's, uh, it's, and you know, it, but it's also like done in a self-aware way. I don't think that, you know, obviously Tyler is known, in the past for his like super edgy lyricism and like prob you know, quote unquote problematic, um, mm-hmm. uh, promotion of violence or whatever. But I think that that's done in a really self-aware way of like, yeah, that's not a good thing to do, but he's playing this character and it's really, really a- on this because he's basic. And especially with like Santa gold uses these, um, features that are just, she's just saying, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. Um, at one point on the album. And so basically it's like this character that's like, I'll do whatever it takes, you know, as long as we can be together and just please don't leave, please don't leave, leave, like just super, super desperate. And also like in the midst of this really awesome instrumentation, that's just a super, like, it's really interesting, but it's also kind of just a, like a, a trunk knocker hip hop song. So it's really fascinating because it's really catchy and really um, there's a you, you can tell there's a theme going on here with my uh, with my favorite songs something that's really catchy but also kind of like either messed up or you know mm. uh, but yeah I, I love this I think that it handles the concept of just this really fearful um, paranoid uh, uh, individual wanting desperately the attention of somebody else to the point where they were threatened to kill somebody. Um, I think that it, it captures it the best and, uh, and also brings out one of the best tire of the creator versus at the end of the track, um, has a really cool structure to it with that. So yeah, love, love this track a lot. That's, that's a great pick. I, um, I'm not sure what my favorite song from that album is. Um, uh, but there's, there's a lot of, I, I figured you were going to have a song from Igor on here. I just wasn't sure where you were going to go. Thought maybe Earthquake. Um, I mean, yeah. there, I mean, there's a there's a bunch of them. I I think a, I yeah, like a boy a is a gun songs. a lot. Uh, you know, there's there's yeah, too many too many good songs. 
Um, New Magic yeah. Wand, though, that's that's a great one. That's definitely the the biggest banger on on the whole record for sure. Um, yeah, it's great. That's good. Um, more hip hop for me at number three. Um, kind of, I'm I'm a little surprised this ended up placing this high on my list. Um, Dirty Laundry from Danny Brown. Uh, I've been listening to this song a lot nice. lately. Yeah. So the last time we heard Danny Brown, it was. It was on um, the excellent Atrocity Exhibition album, which is experimental, um, but also disturbing and warped. Um, it's it's a great listen, but I, I kind of got the feeling that he wasn't doing well personally. Um, but Dirty Laundry, the lead single from uh, You Know What I'm Saying, it, it comes at a time where he seems to be more at peace. Um, he, he's fixed his appearance. He seems more relaxed. Uh, his music is now lighter and more fun in contrast to some of his previous work. Um, Dirty Laundry is a really fun song. <laughs> the concept is that he, he's discussing some of his like sexual experiences, but he's using several different references to laundry and cleaning throughout. It's kind of like an extended wordplay exercise um, with that metaphor. Uh, it's it ends up being like pretty clever, but also just straight hilarious, like at surface value. Um, I I could kind of like read the lyrics and kind of pick out some of my favorite one liners, but um, his delivery helps to sell these lyrics as well, and I I can't do that. I can't copy Danny's flow like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's nobody it, can. That's right. Yeah, seriously, uh, it's it's a load of fun. I I love the like the production from Q-Tip as well, um, which is mm. kind of like a little scuzzy, but also beepy, for lack of a better word. Um, <laughs> the music video is pretty funny as well. You have Danny Brown in his like old man costume. Um, yeah. I, I didn't watch a lot of music videos this year, but that was one of the more memorable ones. And um, it's not really a factor into song of the year consideration, but um, maybe it is subconsciously, I don't know. But... Uh, Anyway, it's a new direction for Danny Brown. Um, not as experimental as Atrocity Exhibition, but also a little more lighthearted, a little happier. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that he seems to uh, be on the right track. So uh, yeah, new, new style for Danny, but a welcome one nonetheless. Uh, Dirty Laundry, number three. Nice. That's a great pick. I love that. Yeah, that's... I didn't... It, it's, it's, I didn't know if we were gonna if we were gonna uh, put on any Danny Brown in here, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you uh, gave that one. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's one of those where I I really do enjoy the album. Don't get me wrong, but it's a little disappointing that like my favorite song from it is clearly like the lead single that I heard before the album came out. Um, that's always just like a slight bummer, but when it's one of the three best yeah. songs of the year, that's that's okay. So yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, cool. My number three is a little bit of back into a uh, very somber tone. Um, one of the more somber or songs on this uh, on this list. It's Tom York mm. with uh, Don Chorus, mm -hmm. um, which I think is you know just one of the most beautiful songs that I've heard this year very very 
tragic sounding, sad, just really sparse instrumentation. Um, interesting rhythmic pattern to it also that, you know, kind of just keeps it going in this like very strange, mysterious uh, way, as you know, you could expect with Tom York. <laughs> and his vocals on here are just so exhausted sounding. Um, it's he really does a good job or, or an excellent job of uh, capturing just a, just a really tired individual and you know the exhaustion comes from in the lyrics a lot of it has to do with this person that is just ruminating on their life and like r- regretting a lot of decisions that have got them to this dead end place that they're at now. And they're thinking about, like, what would I have done differently? And then they're also thinking, like, well, even if I did do it differently, you know, or if I did something differently, I I probably would end up at the same spot, you know, in a different life. And just basically just kind of this really depressive self-doubt um, that is very common. And, you know, it, it, but it's expressed in a really relatable and very artistic way. There's a lot of imagery that's placed into the lyrics here. Um, it's it's a really it's a really interesting way to express that sort of like self uh, deprecation, that in, internal self deprecation and loneliness. Um, and one of the most tragic parts of this is like there's there's a part of this where he's talking about um, in the middle of a vortex, wind picked up shook up the soot from the chimney pot into spiral patterns of you, my love. And it's supposedly referencing um, this, his um, partner from a few years ago died of cancer. Mm. And uh, he's reflecting, you know, this is still part of some sort of regret in his life. And he's reflecting on that. And it just kind of brings all of this to like a really crushing uh, low because it's towards the end of the song. And then, um, you know, and then it, and then it ends, it just kind of fades out after that. Like there's, there's some more lyricism after it, but it, it fades out at that point. And it's just a really intense, um, very artistic, very beautiful way to express this like crushing loneliness and uh, internal depression, but also external uh, sadness that he's experienced. So I think it's a really important song, beautiful, tragic song. Um, great work. Number three. Wow. Well said. Well said. I, um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people forgot that, that Tom York record came out this year. You know, I haven't seen a ton of hype yeah. uh, over the past few months. It, it kind of feel like it came and went. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's yeah, a, that's I, a good thing. I feel pick. the same way too. That's a, it's a very good choice though. Um, yeah. Tom York, number three, um, number two for me, um, number two, Patrick, we're at the, we're at number, number two, yeah, top at, two. Yeah. Like what my runner up. Um, so you mentioned that a theme with your list has been, you know, catchy, um, easy to get into musically, but maybe a little darker and more somber uh, when you get into the lyricism. So my pick at number two 
uh, fits in, in, in that in that same uh, that same circle you have going. Um, Chat Room by Charlie Bliss is my pick. Um, mm, nice. Okay. Yeah. So so Chat Room is a uh, it's a Passion Pit esque situation in which the music itself is like incredibly bright and fun and vibrant and catchy. Uh, but the lyrics are actually like quite serious uh, once you pay attention to them. Um, it's it's an empowering song about sexual assault. Um, lead singer Eva Hendricks uh, was sexually assaulted when she was younger. Uh, she said it it took her years to like really come to grips with the situation to stop blaming herself for what happened uh, and to begin to move on. Um, to her she says that like part of the process was to you know admit what happened to you and face it you know not to avoid it or sugarcoat it um but to be honest with yourself um and you know accept what happened and try to move on uh through the healing process she said you know thankfully that the assault didn't like crumble who she is at her fundamental core um so chat room is kind of a a celebration about reaching that part of the healing process. Um, it's like this giant, she describes it as like a giant fuck you. Um, and you kind of get mm. that energy in this song. Um, so I, I absolutely adore the message behind the song, of course. Um, and musically, this is like maybe the, the catchiest song of the entire year for me. I don't know. Maybe the biggest earworm of the year. It's, it's incredibly fun to sing along to, um, the chorus, the guitar riff, the backing vocals, and especially the final chorus where everyone is singing, most of them in unison, but you know, it's kind of like a powerful moment at the end. There isn't a single wasted moment on the entire song. Um, yeah, I, I keep, I, I hate to keep using catchy on like all of these picks, um, mm -hmm. but this is, it's really, this one is catchy. This is the catchiest song I've heard all year. Has a great message to it. Um, I prefer their last album, but this is, I think, the best song they've ever done. So yeah, Charlie Bliss, Chat Room. Um, yeah, just a, just a great pop song from a great pop band. Um, I, I, I love them. They're great. That's awesome. That's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Bliss. Love him. Unexpected, but welcome and good pick. Love that. Thank you. Um, nice. All right, number two on mine. All right. So this is crazy. This is, right? This yeah, is crazy. The only, the only repeat that we have so far. Whoa. Okay. Right? Yeah, I yeah, guess so. We don't have I any. Tell, yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah, also a, pick Jesus Forgive Me I Am a Thought? Is that your uh is that your <laughs> number two? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's right. what I was about to say. No, um no <laughs> I picked chance the no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just keep going back to that one. <laughs> That's right. Um This is Nick Cave mm. with Ghostine. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so glad that you that you uh, that you had this as one of your picks. It's an absolutely um, you, great song. Yeah, you. Na I'm kind of like mad though too because I'm kind of like, dang it, I should have picked a different song from the <laughs> Cave album so that we could have like some difference there. But this is like just the clear culmination of everything that he was trying to express on this album. Really comes to a head on this track. I 
you know, you nailed it with your, uh, I love that you're talking about, you know, the, uh, papa bear, baby bear, mama bear, um, aspect of this song. Cause I think it's one of the most, you know, absurd and, um, uh, and haunting aspects of the track. It's really, really, um, interesting. So you, you, you did a good job exp- explaining that. So I'm not going to dive too deep into that, but, um, instrumentally this is one of the most ambitious songs that i've heard this year um it's you know really long song it has sandwiched elements of very haunting dark ambience to it but it never ever like becomes boring in any way because there's so much tragedy that like pervades the instrumentation and the lyricism too um, and something that's really just like fascinating about this album and this song, you know, in general, is just how like deeply existentially messed up this is, because a lot of it is has to do with like um, space and perspective from the world around you, and how there's so much joy in you know, life and the life that you've experienced from other people, but then also just how much like tragedy and how much you want to get away from certain aspects of life. Um, it's just, it's a really, really well constructed or constructed song. And maybe, you know, one of the, well, it is one of the best written songs that I've heard this year. Um, it's just, you know, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's just full of a lot of really intense imagery, um, and you know, very uh, and and the uh, and one thing that I wanted to point out too is the bridge to this mm. um, is one of the most like anthemic elements that I've ever heard in the song this year, and super ambitious too. I've never heard anything that sounds like that. Very like. Uh, it's just a very fascinating track. There's a lot of a big roller coaster of emotion that happens throughout this this track. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely my number two pick for sure. That's a that's a, a great pick. Great summary. Um, yeah, I'm slightly disappointed that our our playlist is going to have 29 songs instead of 30. Because uh, I know it's a thing we both appreciate good songs that's just how it goes on this podcast sometimes um so yeah i mean unless we both have the same number one too i actually i think i know what your number one is um oh okay it's preemptively a good choice but similarly tragic if i if i think i know where you're going um my number one is uh i know it's not a repeat because you've already mentioned this artist it's the most difficult decision on my entire list, my number one. There was a lot of debate, not between number one and number two, but between which Wise Blood song am I going to put at number one? Mm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there there was zero surprise to uh, be putting Wise Blood at number one. Um, you know, I could have gone with your pick, uh, Andromeda, uh, which was like, I think your number six. Great choice there. Mm-hmm. Um that's yeah the standout track for many people also one of my favorites on the record um i could have gone with every day which is uh like 
it was my favorite from the album at the time we reviewed it. Um, I still love it, but it, it just hasn't uh, risen to the top. I could have gone, I almost went with Picture Me Better, which is this chill-inducing mm. minimal moment on a maximalist pop record. Um, and it's like the, the penultimate track. It, it, it really brings you down. Um, but I'm going with, uh, so, you know, it, so many factors. I ultimately just went with the song that Spotify said I listened to the most this year. Uh, which is something to believe. Um, that's my my number one uh, song of the year. I I love that song. Um, in your summary of Andromeda, you mentioned a couple of uh, qualities about her songwriting um, that I also love. Um, the themes on this song are similar to the themes you touched on. It's it's a song about searching for a meaning in life. It's about you know. Um, like lacking care and motivation uh, due to the lack of something in your life that provides meaning to your existence. Um, it's about trying to strengthen your faith, uh, whether that's a faith in God, a faith in your romantic partner, or faith in something else entirely. It's about just kind of feeling empty inside and trying to... Uh, trying to make something out of your existence um, and struggling with having that motivation to do so. And I, I think, like you said, you know, she doesn't get too specific. Um, it's an artistic choice uh, to let us kind of adapt our own personal experiences to the meaning of some of the lyrics here. Um, it's a song topic that I partic particularly appreciate. Um, so yeah, just conceptually, I, I adore that song. Musically, I mean, come on. It's um, it's just one of the most stunning piano ballads I've heard in a while. Um, it, it features like other instruments as well that I don't always hear on piano ballads. Like I think a harpsichord is on here. Uh, there's some steel mm -hmm. guitar that I love. I love steel guitar anytime it's used on any song. Um, and of course, like one of the most stunning elements of this song are the vocals of Natalie Maring, uh, which are always lovely and heavenly and otherworldly. She sings like she's singing to you from a greater plane. Uh, it doesn't feel like we're the same species. It, it's, it's really, mm -hmm. I love her voice so much. Um, the vocals are great throughout the song, but they peak in this swelling chorus, uh, which is my favorite chorus of the year. You know, when she sings, like, I just lay down and cried. The waters don't really go by me. The way she delivers that is just chill-inducing. Um, gets me emotional sometimes. Uh, she just, she sounds so, so great. Um, I really don't have any major complaints about this song or about Titanic Rising as a whole. Um, I loved it at the time. I gave it a 10 at the time, and I still feel that way. Um... It's it's a good thing you suggested we did this like one song per artist limit because you know I was joking earlier but honestly yeah. <laughs> like if if we didn't have yeah. this limit that I likely would have had like four different Wise Blood songs in my top fifteen that's not even a joke um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah something to believe Wise Blood song of the year um, yeah that's a that's it that's the one that's awesome um that that's a great pick 
Thank you. I didn't. I I thought that you would pick a Wise Blood song. I didn't know which one, but uh, I didn't know if I didn't know that one. I wouldn't have guessed that one, but I I love that pick. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a little uh, unconventional, I think, by uh, you know seeing yeah, people's sure. reactions. But it's I listen to it all the time. I it's a I forgot to mention it's incredibly fun to sing along to. At least I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very cathartic in that way. Like I cathartic for her and cathartic for me as I sing along. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. I love that pick. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, how much? How much time do we have? By the way, like twenty minutes. Like we're we're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because I, I I wanted to maybe take a little bit extra time to talk about my number one too. Yeah. 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 Because uh, yeah. uh, we're in a similar boat. In, interestingly enough, that you picked uh, one of the more somber tracks from Wise Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, as your number one, my number one is a very, very somber, uh, introspective track. Um, very tragic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, from purple mountains. Yeah. Um, and the track that, and I, this was another one too, that <laughs> this was kind of a reason why I, uh, between this and like Tyler, the creator, like, uh, I, I had to like, uh, you know, I was like, I should probably just do per artist because it was going to just be right. like, you know, yeah, a very boring playlist of like three different people. Um, <laughs> right. this album had a lot of really good, really good tracks on it. Very, very well-written instrumentally profound tracks, but this one just stands out to me the most. Um, and it's nights that won't happen. Yeah. Great pick. Yeah. Is this the one that you thought that I would pick? Yeah. Yeah. But there's, I mean, there's so many that it could have been, uh, all my happiness is gone. Uh, I mean, it could have been, uh, snow is falling in Manhattan. Uh, Marguerite is at the mall. There's so many, so many great songs on that album, but that, that one hits the hardest, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. So this one, you know, like you said, hits the hardest, especially, you know, in, in, uh, context with the fact that David Berman, passed away very soon after this album was released so all of these lyrics have a very i mean they don't have a different context the feelings were still there but they had they hit heavier mm-hmm. because of you know what happened mm-hmm. um but this track is just one of the most ingenious views of death and one of the most ingenious written uh, like like lyrical lyrically written that makes sense uh, views and philosophies of death that I think I've ever heard. Mm. Like this is one. This this is uh, you know on par with some of the songwriting and Black Star from David Bowie, and the way that you know. And I hate to compare two artists that died very quickly after their album released, but right. You know, with these thoughts of death on their mind, it's you know natural. And they're both brilliant songwriters. It's natural that their songwriting would lead to that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really effective. One of the, you know, repeated lines is that the dead know what they're doing when they leave this world behind. And then another one is, uh, when the dying's finally done and the suffering subsides, all the suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a very simple and, uh, but extremely effective and realistic way of looking at death because you know i feel like 
people spend so much time thinking about like, and that's, this, you know, part, this song takes part of that into, into play too, of wondering what's going to happen to yourself after you die. Like that's what matters to you. You're like, what's going to happen to me? Is there an afterlife? Is, am I, you know, am I going to feel my own death? Am I going to, you know, you have all these questions about this abstract idea of, what because no you know it's never ever going to be answered so it's a classic philosophical quandary but it's always focused on yourself and this just flips it and it's taking into account your fear and your um uh your fear of leaving things behind your fear of just losing your life in general but it's once that suffering is done once your suffering is done that's it you're no longer there and you have left all the suffering for the ones that love you. And I think that's just one of the most like important ways of looking at death that I've heard this year. And, you know, maybe ever, I mean, I've, I've kind of heard that sentiment before, but it's just the way that David Berman, excuse me, delivers it on here really, really resonated with me this year. Um, and the, uh, so yeah, it's really, really chilling. It's like, makes me really kind of emotional, um, hearing it. Um, and just the, the chorus is just very like toned down and somber, basically just talking about, you know, nights that won't happen. These, these nights don't exist anymore to you because you've passed away. Um, and you know the lyrics wax poetic from there about dying and what you know ghosts actually are ghosts are just old houses dreaming people in the night um have no doubt about it hon the dead will do all right there's always this like idea of like you know don't worry about what happens when you die you'll be fine you're dead like mm-hmm. it's kind of like kind of a like a also just like a harsh like what are you worried about? Like when you die, you're dead. Like you'll figure out what happens. If there is an afterlife, it'll happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, just absolutely brilliantly written, um, lyrics on here. It's just the best songwriting that I've heard this year is on this track. Um, and then just the, the instrumentals on here are just so, dark and but like also like they're just like tear inducing they're so tragic they're not like you know ghostine has this just grand element of just crushing like um emotion to it and this track is just pure like sadness basically and just like reflection and i think that it just encapsulates all the feelings put into the uh, lyrics so brilliantly um, so yeah, it's the most richly emotive song that I've heard this year. It's very sad that David Berman, um, has passed on, but hearing this song in context just makes it even more chilling and, you know, interesting. So, um, yeah, like I said, yeah, it's the most, it's the best song of the year. That's a, wow. Yeah, that's a great amazing amazing pick amazing number one pick um good good to end on that one too uh rest in peace david berman 
Um, yeah. Really just like the entire album, lyrically, like all my favorite lyrics of the year come from like Purple Mountains, self-titled, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just, he was an incredible yeah. lyricist and songwriter. And um, yeah, that's a that absolutely worthy number one choice there. Nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was just like because we both had picks that were like, uh, pretty like heavy. So now I feel like we're just ending on like a. Uh, like. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I thought about making my number one next level Charlie just so we could avoid <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> what a difference that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, I, I liked a lot of uh sad songs this year. I liked a lot of happy songs this year. Um, yeah, yeah. It seems you know, uh, that's just how that's how that's how music works. There's something for every emotion we have, you know, and uh, this uh, this sample of uh, I guess twenty nine songs that we picked out. Um, there should be <laughs> so frustrating. that's I know. Yeah, you couldn't have picked uh, you know, something else. <laughs> you couldn't have yeah. picked Hollywood or something like that. You had to, yeah, right, yeah. So that's my bad. <laughs> But yeah, uh, you know, hopefully as you as you listen to uh, our playlist um, and think about your own favorite songs of the year, you'll you'll kind of uh, maybe maybe you'll discover uh, something new that you love. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. Uh, 2019 wasn't my favorite year musically, but um, I guess it, it was pretty top heavy. I thought like the songs that I love, I really love. The albums that mm-hmm. I love, I really love. Um, it's where, you, where you, the depth isn't necessarily there. But uh, these 15 songs that I laid out, I I could put up against any 15-song sample from past years, you know. Um, there's always good music coming out. So, yeah. Yeah, that that's a very good analysis of it. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll have our playlist coming up on uh, Spotify and Apple Music. Um, Title listeners, I'm sorry. Um, Maybe try searching the songs as you hear them on the podcast. Uh, We're not making a title playlist. That's just not not in our budget. Not in our budget. We can only afford one streaming service at a time. (laughs) It's 2019. I don't think that we're expected to anymore. Even Jay-Z's like, "Mm." like, he's out. He's... (laughs) So, um, he's like, yeah, don't, you probably shouldn't, shouldn't worry about that. That's right. That's right. So, uh, yes, that's our songs of the year, our top 10, but really 15 songs of 2019. Uh, thank you for listening, Patrick. Thank you for waking up early and doing this podcast with me. Much, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> much, much appreciated. Um, until then, keep an eye out on under the scope site.wordpress.com. Uh, for our albums of the year list, we're we're tidying that up. We're pretty close to uh, wrapping that up. Mm-hmm. Um, we're only a few picks away from doing so. So uh, peep that on uh, Facebook and Twitter when that happens. Maybe Reddit too. I don't know. We're gonna promote the heck out of it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Good podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>